Welcome, welcome, welcome to TikToking. I am your host with the most, Kevin Hughes, and you know I've got a guest today, and I've got another friend of mine, and let me tell you a little bit of backstory on this. So my guest is Megs Kelly, and I actually had her on the podcast a year ago, but when we did it, she was like my third guest that I had interviewed ever on this podcast and for some reason her audio did not take and I just wasn't able to put it out. So a year later, here we are finally getting to record this episode. And man, was it fantastic because I got to know her last year when we did this, but in between then and now, you know, we hadn't kept up as much as we probably should have, but I got to, know what's been going on, what has changed, all the different stuff going on in her life. And we talk relationships and during COVID and all the new stuff that people are dealing with doing the whole dating scenario. But man, it was an absolute blast. So I know you guys are going to love this episode with Megs. Go on social media, watch her lives, follow her. She's amazing. So without further ado, here's Megs Kelly right here on TikToking with me, Kevin Hughes. Enjoy. TikToking, TikToking, where creators come to play. TikToking, TikToking, find out what they have to say. TikToking, TikToking, fascinating interviews. TikToking, a tick talking, tick talking with Kevin Hughes. Welcome to TikToking. I am your host, Kevin Hughes, and today I have my fantastic friend for a third time, <laughs> Megs. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I'm going to tell the audience this because. I've tried telling them before, but obviously they couldn't hear it. This is our third attempt at this. Yesterday we tried, and I thought we we had it said and done, but for some reason it didn't record your audio, so yeah. now I'm playing it safe and making sure I record it twice. Yeah, I feel like this is... I, I feel like we've been here before. Twice. Maybe like actually. 12 hours ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So... For all the listeners who don't know you, obviously I do know you. I met you about a year ago, and it was on TikTok on one of your lives. Yep. And I was really impressed by you, and we'll get into that later, but I asked you to come on here, and we recorded about a year ago, and yep. honestly, that didn't work either, but we haven't had a chance to redo this up until now, so uh-huh. a year later, here we are, and I think it's good, though, because... Our first conversation was great, but I was also new to podcasting, but I think that a lot has changed for you as well. So I think this will be a good opportunity for us to re-catch up and uh, see how everything's been and what changes have been made. Yeah, for sure. I I was kind of your guinea pig. You were. I think you were uh, the third person I interviewed when I started this podcast. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And congrats on your anniversary. That's exciting. Thank you. Thank you. And you have a podcast as well. And your anniversary is coming up in December, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And what is the name of your podcast? 
my podcast is called Shouldn't Have Asked. So I'm just on Spotify and have a really small little uh, following, but I'm also not as consistent as I should be. So, um, but it's mainly like true crime and well, history. I did one on the um, Shanghai tunnels. So it's not always like murder, but usually there's some like creepy element to it. But I, I love like, your, you know that. <laughs> yeah. And I love your podcast. I listened to it when you first released it and I thought you had stopped doing it because there was quite a bit of time between the last one I heard and then the one you, the, I guess the, between the two of the gap, I yeah. guess, I don't know if it was episode six and then you took a break and then you came back and, uh, I was really enjoying it. So I was sad that you weren't doing it anymore, but in fact, you were, and I just didn't look back again. So I'm going to have to jump back yeah. on and listen to the rest of the episodes. Yeah, I just did one that was um, about, like, dating in mm. this this terrible, like, COVID-adjacent world. And um, there's some good stories. And a lot of my – well, actually, pretty much all of the people that I get stories from are from TikTok. So TikTok is a good platform to – get listeners and interact. I mean, I'm sure that's, I mean, obviously that's what you do too. So, um, a lot of my fans will, will give me stories and they're very funny. Don't well, date J names. <laughs> <laughs> well, a year ago when we talked, I knew you weren't dating at that time. Are you currently dating? You know, no, I, okay. I kind of am, over it um like I explained yesterday I kind of had a bad experience with dating um a couple years ago and kind of slowly started to get back into it but it's just really hard and it was really hard during COVID so I was married before I know I know you were too um and you went through that but I don't think that you've had to experience the horrifying world of online dating post COVID and it's, or, or during COVID it's just awful. So I kind of took a break and I'm busy with my work. So I don't have, I think, I think that might be a really lame excuse, but um, I don't have the time <laughs> to, to, I don't have the energy. I really don't. It's exhausting. Guys are exhausting. Well, okay. Not all guys. Let me start there, but yeah. let's be, let's be real. I mean, you have to be ready yourself, you know, and mm -hmm. if you're not ready to take on, you know, that dating lifestyle, because it is a busy thing. Like you have to go out, you guys have to talk, you have, you know, there's, there's a lot that comes with dating to get to know each other, find out if he's possibly the one. Right. And it's a commitment. You, absolutely. And if you're not ready for that large of a commitment yet you know you're focused on your work I don't see an issue with that you know what I mean like yeah. I think that's personally I think that's totally fine and I don't think if if you jumped into something right now and you weren't ready I don't think it would go very far because not because he wasn't a good guy or you're not a good person it's because you weren't ready you know it could be the perfect yep. guy for you but if you're not ready then it's not going to end well you know what I mean yeah, and I think it goes both ways too. Like obviously that's 
that's how like any relationship works. Um, but being receptive to maybe something new or different is, is good, but also like do not put people through like dating if you're not ready, like, cause it ends up hurting somebody. So be intentional with how you do things, especially in this world where, you know, anybody you talk to is talking to six other people. And that's kind of why I removed myself from that world because it's really not genuine and you end up having the same conversation every day with different people. And it's always kind of the same. Like, I want to get past that. I hate, like, right. do not ask me. If you ask me what I'm doing on my weekend, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm immediately moving on. Like, it's just so mundane and it gets really boring. So finding, like, the genuine parts of dating can be really hard. And and searching for that is exhausting. Yeah. Well, my next question is, uh, what are you doing on your weekend? No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> Just joking. No. Can I swipe left? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> but I, the reason I brought that up is I'm curious to know the podcast episode you did when you talked about dating, mm-hmm. I guess, post-COVID. Mm-hmm. What do you feel and how do you feel about the way it is now? Like post-COVID? Yeah, yeah. Like how dating is set up now basically – a lot of it's online and it's really hard to meet someone in person. Right. And so ha- what, like on your podcast, what did you explain as far as your feelings towards all of that, the new way? Um, you know, I, I didn't really, I, I talked about my, um, my bad experience. I met somebody like kind of right at the beginning of COVID and things were shut down or starting to shut down. And, um, it was kind of the first person that I really like interacted with online. And that person tried to, I mean, I, I, I think maybe from start to finish, it was maybe a month that I was going on dates with this person and I didn't see any red flags. Um, seemed like good. It was, it was a year after my, divorce and he was kind of the first person that I was like maybe this could work and introduced him to my parents and which is a big deal for me I have not done that since (laughs) so it's it's a big deal when I bring you into my life um but yeah this person ended up trying to kill me so he attacked me out of nowhere it was a really weird situation I had to literally fight for my life. Um, everybody's good. I'm alive. He's alive. But there were firearms involved. There were, I mean, it was a pretty intense situation. So it's, it, I think that like the COVID part of like our lives is different for a lot of people, you know, like obviously the COVID brought in a lot of tough situations for people that were in relationships like you're with that person all the time like get get the fuck away from me stop breathing on me but also like for people that are trying to date in that world like you did not have anywhere to go 
meet somebody safely. Everything was like pretty much closed down. So you're trying to date people in in a world that's not open to that. So what do you do? Like, do you just not, you know, and, right. and when you trust somebody like or bring them into your life, it's really shitty when that gets um, when that trust or that vulnerability gets taken advantage of. So I do want to say, though, too, like, you know, fuck politeness. Like, there's that there's there's another podcast that I listen to that that talks about this. And you do not owe anybody politeness if you're feeling uncomfortable. And and honestly, like the reason that I'm sitting here, like still talking to you or or being like alive is because I sensed something was really wrong and I started to trust my gut in that moment. And I made a lot of decisions that allowed me to be alive myself, but also not have to make a, to make, to make a decision that would end somebody else's life. So think about like, take a second and think about like what you're doing when you're dating somebody and do not ignore those red flags. And I'm really glad that like the world is opening up and people can, you know, meet these people that they meet online in person in an, in a public place where you have options, I guess, or other people around you. And I'm not saying that that necessarily fixes it all. Um, because, when I was like attacked, it was not like my first date. You know, I knew this person. I thought I knew this person. Um, so yeah, the, the COVID dating during COVID is just such a bummer, but I know, I know a lot of people have found like their person or their spouse. Um, so maybe it's, you know, a 50, 50 kind of thing, but I have not experienced a lot of great <laughs> uh, dates during COVID. Yeah. And during COVID, you know, I think because the world was basically shut down, if you were meeting someone, I mean, really the only way to have a date or get together was inviting them into your home or you being invited into their home. And this yep. is a perfect stranger, as are you yep. to them, you know? Absolutely. So you don't know who you're inviting into your house. I mean, most of the time you want to get together with someone and get to know them face-to-face -face in a public place before you're inviting them over to your house, yeah. at least at least with uh, my experience, you know? And I just couldn't imagine going through those kind of situations during COVID. And even now, like, the whole dating online thing i don't know like what how do you feel about i guess basing everything predominantly on looks i mean that's what really that's what dating online has come to right like before you even read their profile you see if you're attracted to them and i don't i don't know if i necessarily agree with that how do you feel about it that's a good question um and i think i don't think that's um, unique to online dating. I think that, you know, your first, your appearance is important in dating and being attracted to somebody and, you know, all that, like that, like, that's just how it is. Like 
I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I'm totally fine with that. It doesn't hurt my feelings, but I know I'm somebody's. Um, but I do think that you lose an element of like just sincerity or uniqueness or someone who's genuine. You're not going to maybe like express that as an online dating profile. Um, and that's okay. It's maybe sometimes a benefit because you can kind of get, you can narrow down, narrow down the pool a little bit that I think that is a benefit of online dating is cool. I'm not into this person's music choice. It's never going to work or whatever it is. You know, I don't date brunettes. I don't know. Like, so you can kind of narrow it down a little bit without having to spend an insufferable date with with somebody that you're like, oh, yeah, I thought she was cute. And then I went on a date with her and it was miserable or vice versa. Like sometimes it ends up being really awesome because people do take the time to read your profile or understand your quirks or whatever. You know, I've I lean more towards that when I'm doing anything online because I think that people are more attractive when they're funny and genuine and unique. And I'm not going to just base my, my online experience on somebody's looks, but I know that's how a lot of people do it. That's okay. I think that's pretty much how people do it in real life anyways. You know, if you think I look like Quasimodo, you're probably not going to get to know me anyways. So that's okay. Like I'd, I'd rather, uh, spare myself the three-hour coffee date. And I agree with that, but I guess where I was going with it is anybody can... There's so many apps out there where they can make themselves look like the most beautiful person in the world or someone who is not a great person and has other intentions can totally fake being somebody else and then yep. when you meet them, you know what I mean? And that's what's scary to me. I think yep. if you're in person, you're looking at, at the, you know, you're able to see everybody there, see if someone has caught your eye and you want to talk to them. Whereas you're going by a picture. And to me, and, and let's be honest, you can write anything you want to on your description and your profile. And to me, I, I personally would not feel comfortable doing that. I mean, I know maybe I'm being real and I'm putting all my right information. I'm not putting some fake photo up of me, mm -hmm. you know, making myself, you know, what do they call that? A catfish. Uh, well, yeah, catfish, but the app that makes like beautifies yourself or oh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, what? I mean, it, Snapchat does that now. Like, right. And I just think it's it just, does. yeah. And it's just so scary because like you can meet someone on there you think is, absolutely amazing has everything that you would ever want and you get there and even if it is them but they glorified their picture i mean you're you're in the same boat right because you wouldn't right. have picked that person out if they're not who they say they are or they don't look like how they portrayed themselves to be then when you get there you're going to have that same outcome as well if i would have been at the bar and saw this person i never would have went and talked to them right yeah, and I so I don't really understand the thought process behind any of that. Like I 
I try to be genuine in everything that I do, but especially like, cause at the end of the day, like you're going to meet this person, right? That's the goal. So you're, you're going to be found out if you're posting or yeah, portraying yourself as a totally different looking person than you actually are, you know? And I'm not saying that I don't use like filters on things, you know, but I, I don't on my dating profile, like I do Snapchat, you know, whatever, but I really try to like undersell (laughs) that way. You know, I, I do the reverse catfish thing and I think more people should do that. Um, because if, if you find me attractive at like, you know, this cool, like that's who I genuinely am and that's normally how I look. Um, but yeah, people, I don't, I, like I said, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think that part of online dating is a little more prevalent. Like if you're a guy and you're talking to a girl, I think that happens more often versus girls. Like my experience, obviously I'm dating men. So I don't think that's as common. Like generally men post how they like actually look and there's not a lot of like faking stuff I mean there's a lot of like fish pictures which everyone hates on but I kind of like them <laughs> um oh, so but I yeah it's, it's less common I think picture? for women what I said so so I should change my Facebook picture where I'm holding yeah. my 12 inch trout <laughs> exactly I was wondering why I wasn't getting any new friends I know no, no I'm kidding but <laughs> but no um to kind of go back to what you were saying with you wonder what goes through their thought process when doing that. Honestly, my opinion on that is I think, and it, and you're right, it, it's mainly women that would do that. But I think their low self-esteem honestly makes them do that so that hopefully they will meet somebody and they could possibly, they could possibly show them like their personality and yeah. hope that the person would like them because of that and yeah. not just based on their looks. That's my thought process. Because yeah. I can't, unless your intentions are bad, of course. But the people that are out there actually looking for somebody and would do that, I think logically that would be the only reason you would do that, right? I think so. I I mean, I really, I really don't know. Um, I have a couple of friends that you know post a lot of stuff on social media, and I know them obviously in real life, and they'll post these like heavily filtered pictures and I think they look so much more beautiful, like without it. And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, I think, I think there's a a huge conversation, a whole, a whole podcast. I'm sure they have them like that can be talked about this and just how like distorted people's views are of them of their own selves and they feel like they have to look a certain way, but like the way they actually look is like way more gorgeous and they don't even see that. They genuinely don't see how beautiful they are without all that bullshit, you know? And I think, I think that men have been having this conversation about women for so they say the same thing about, Oh, I think you look so much better with makeup off. And that was, you know, that's just in real life. And women literally do not believe 
men when they say that. So I think it's a bigger conversation and a bigger problem. Um, and I think that's why women do it more often because our whole world is based on like how we look and how we mm-hmm. act and how we present ourselves. And that's ingrained in us. It's biology. It's how we've all been raised. So I think it's a bigger problem or conversation than just online dating. It's something that's been going on for ever. Right. And I feel the same way about people who choose to do plastic surgery on their face. I mean, oh, to it's e- the worst. And to each their own. I mean, if they love it, that's fine. Me personally, I would rather see your natural beauty than some fake, you know, lift on your face or big poofy lips or, you know, it it just to me, to me, I'm not attracted to that. You know, the lip thing, I don't understand. No, I mean, I don't don't I agree with you. I don't understand any of it. But the lip thing is getting out of control. Like, stop. Stop well, what you're doing. <laughs> and it gets to a point where they, you know, they get older, so then they have to redo it and then redo it again, redo it again. And you look like, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but from people that I have seen like that, they look like an animated Barbie that has been stung by a hundred bees. Yeah, I think it. I think it can be done well, but I don't see that often. I see kind of more of what you're talking about, but I kind of think the same thing about like boobs. Like I don't get the, the whole boob thing, especially like, I think, I think we should take a poll at some point. And I think there are a lot more guys out there that, care more about someone's butt than they care and then you spend all this money on your boobs like no one even cares about boobs like it's just dumb like well and i'll be honest i think that let me rewind and i don't because i'm trying not to offend anybody because yeah, you can delete this part <laughs> no 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 not at all i think you know it's okay i'm a, I'm allowed to say what i think and how i feel mm-hmm. but i also want people to know there are certain cases where it's okay like if you have a very massive scar on your face and you want to cover it up or get it redone, you know, something like that is okay. Or, you know, in some cases, some women are, you know, naturally really large in the breasts. And if they need a reduction because their back is killing them or they've had back problems because of that, in those situations, I totally understand. Or even the the typical mom. Yeah, that's not what what i'm talking about either like right i'm talking right. purely like elective exactly you know People that like, had nothing wrong with them to begin with but just wanted that extra whatever it is they were searching for yeah i mm-hmm. i think do what you want do what makes you happy but i think it also matters a lot less to like no one literally no one looks at your boobs like no one cares like I don't I just don't I mean I'm also not a guy so don't sit around and like think about or look at other people's boobs but I just don't think it's that important like there's so many other things that are cool about you and that is like 
bottom of the barrel, your boob size is a zero percent concern for probably most people. So, but obviously, people care. Like, women wouldn't do it if it didn't elicit some sort of reaction or attention from from men. Well, well, and as a male, I will respectfully disagree with that, I think. Oh. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is because there are certain circumstances where, you know, as men, you look at a few body parts, right? You look at a woman's breasts and you look at a woman's back area and and then you look at her face features mm-hmm. and i'll be honest if you don't have an attractive front side back side any one of those three features i mean for a lot of men i think that they will be looked past absolutely well yeah and and that's what makes like dating online hard like right a lot of times you don't even see somebody's full body right you know you can but have, I, yeah i guess what, yeah tough. what i yeah and what i was trying to disagree with you on is i do think the way a woman's breast is important to a lot of males not all i i agree i agree with you i guess i think that's that's more of what i'm talking about with like the Instant gratification, the swipe left, swipe right mm. sort of thing. Because, yeah, cool. She's got great boobs, a good butt. But can she ha- hold a conversation? Like, Because hopefully, I really do hope that if you can't hold a conversation with somebody, it doesn't matter what the instant gratification like. is like if you're looking to date somebody it needs to be something that's longer term than just what your boobs look like cuz that gets boring 100%. super quick 100% and that's not i guess i wasn't saying that that's the only thing that you know No 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 I, I i didn't take it as that either at all okay. i i i think that there are people that date that way that date mm-hmm. Because they like how somebody looks and it's, uh, it makes them look good when they have, you know, a certain, a certain look, uh, of who they're dating. And that will never be a fun, like, if that's all you're looking for, that's, you're not going to be successful. Absolutely. And I think for me personally, I just want to put this on the on the books here. Like I am a personality person and I am a yeah. sense of humor person because if I could laugh with you all day and we get along and we have common interests then that is the type of person I I am interested in. You know what I mean? Same. And I do think that like obviously there's a scale, you know, most people go 1 to 10. I think if you're a five, right in the middle, if you're a five and you are funny, sweet, genuine, caring, a good person, you get three plus points. 
And it goes the opposite way too. Like if you're a freaking 10 and you only talk about your car or your, I don't even know. Video games. Yeah. Your ex-girlfriend, like you have no sense of humor. You only care about like what creatine you're drinking. Like it makes, I'm like zero, you're zero. Like (laughs) I, I think you can go way further back with your personality and it can detract from a gorgeous person versus like, I don't know, like having a good personality, like being a good person does add points to your attract. Like you become more attractive because of who you are. Like you light up a room. You're awesome no matter who you well, no matter what you look like i love that yeah. about people like that's what makes somebody human yeah on a number scale i think it's a equivalency one point equivalency to beauty is two points for me equivalent to personality and since i agree with you okay that is a really good way to describe that mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree and yeah. you're not going to get that online. Like, you're just not. So right. so that's the problem with online is you, when I date online, I'm like, cool, I'm not spending two weeks talking to you. Like, let's meet. I don't have the you – can, you can do – you can fake so much online that it's just easier to – let's just meet in person and see how it goes. I don't yep. want to spend two weeks – messaging you and then have you be like a total bummer in person and that's what dating's for like that's the other thing I think people take dating like really personally and like I said it doesn't hurt my feelings if I'm not your cup of tea like just be honest about it and you don't even have to tell me like just say like hey I'm not had a great time, not interested, moving on. Great. Like if you're mature and you're prepared to date, you should be able to understand that message and hear that message and not, and not make it a problem. What I think a lot of people do is they take that personally and they start to make it your problem because you're not interested (laughs) And a lot of people, I hear a lot of guys say like, oh my gosh, it's so fucked up that people ghost me or whoever. And it's like, yeah, but when we tell you, then you gaslight us into being like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to apologize for not being interested in you in person. Like, if you're going to ask for somebody to not ghost you, you need to respect the answer that is given to you if they're not interested right so you've probably dated people that weren't your cup of tea in the past right yeah so when a conversation like that comes up like how do you basically break it off with that person Mm. i'm curious from a girl's perspective from a guy's perspective i mean the differences i have a i have a good example like I went on a date with somebody that I was just not, it was not going to work. First date, already knew. And we argued like the whole time. And 
I was thinking he was totally not into me either. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to go. And like I I cash out or whatever. And he's like, I'd really like to see you again. I was was, like honestly shocked. Um, And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. Like I don't think that I would like to have a second date. And I said it just like that. I'm not like mean. And he's like, oh, I just think you might be like really tired. And I was like, no, I just don't like you. So I, I kept having to become like more aggressive with how I, how I stated that I did not want to see him again. And it got to the point where I told him I don't, I, I don't think I'm not comfortable like with this conversation anymore. So it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how guys want us to tell them that they're not interested because I don't want to be an asshole. Like no one does. So sometimes that's why I think women just lean towards saying like, yeah, I'll see you again. And then ghost because the conversations can be stressful and a little bit scary sometimes. Luckily, like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like, obviously I'm, I'm not um, immune to bad things happening, but I also was in a public spot and I wasn't afraid of that person, but that, that can be a factor. Like, if you're in somebody's apartment, like you do what you have to do, like get the fuck out if you need to, but do it sometimes in a, in a way more polite way than you really want to. So I don't know. I mean, if, if a girl were to ask or to tell you like, Hey, I'm not interested in a second date, how would you react? Well, and that's kind of where I was going next because I'm curious to know I guess this person's age range was he in his twenties or in his thirties? No, he was older than me. I'm in. I'm thirty two, and this right. was years ago. Um, he was like maybe later thirties. Oh, later thirties. Wow. Okay. I was gonna say that there is a huge difference between in in a man's maturity from you know twenties to thirties. And that surprises me that he was in his 30s. Now, to answer your question, me personally, if if I was dating someone, it was the first date, and they said that to me, they said, I don't, I'm not interested in a second date. I think personally, I would say, okay, I completely understand. Thank you for being honest. If mm-hmm. you do change your mind, then feel free to reach out to me. But if not, I, you know, I respect what you're saying and I wish you luck on whatever you're looking for personally. Now I've never been in that situation. A girl, I mean, I've never been in a place where a girl actually said that to me. So it could be, you know, different when it's spur of the moment and, and like unexpected, but I kind of feel like if they're not interested and they tell me they're not interested why am I going to fight for it? Especially on a first date. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, so I think that's a great response. And I I think that if if there are people out there 
wondering how to respond to that, just copy and paste that answer. And whether you respect it or not, it 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 does not matter. Like at least right. at least say that and then go think how you want to think and be your do your thing. Like but if if more people could just be respectful and like answer like things like that, then women would probably stop ghosting. Um, they would probably give you a second chance if that. I I mean I don't. I, that's the thing is like if you're if you're on a date with somebody that has an answer to a a negative thing like that, then you're. Pro- you're probably not ending the date anyways, you know? So there were, there were other issues on that date that led me to that response. Um, which obviously carried into why I was like, yeah, I'm out. Like, but I think if people were just nicer, they would have a better chance at a second date anyways. Well, and not only that, but I think, okay. So if, a woman that I felt it was going great and I was interested in, but she came back and told me that she was not interested in the second date. Yes, I would kind of be bummed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I I mean, I, I would still respectfully, uh, you know, let her tell me her feelings. But I also think that if you give a response back, like, oh, you're just tired, you know? That's going to make that person definitely not have any interest. Like, you just made it worse. Yeah, I wanted to punch him. Yeah, it's like, how are you going to sit there and tell me how I'm feeling, you know? Like, yeah. No, like, it, it, at that no, point, just walk worse. away. Yeah, it, it, just walk he away. Called his, he called his ex-wife, within five minutes of meeting this man, he called his ex-wife the C-word, which oh I God. I have no filter, but I don't <laughs> I don't say that. I was like, there's not a lot that surprises me, but I was shocked. I was like, yeah. honestly impressed that he <laughs> would say that about your ex wife and the mother of your children. But hopefully, when well, it gives man... a total wrong impression too, because yeah. like, like if we're dating for a little bit, happy. Yeah, well, we're dating for a little bit, and then we break up. Like all of a sudden, am I, am I, is that coming out of your mouth about me now? That, that's you know what exactly I mean. Exactly what what went through my head, and I think that is what go through goes through a lot of women's head. Is it, like when you're speaking about your exes to me or to really anyone like how you speak about your ex your mother you know women in your family like is indicative of how you're going to treat me so it don't lead with that if it's a negative thing like maybe don't um call her a big dumb bitch I don't I don't maybe she is but I don't care like this is I've known you for three hours so can we limit that, you know, like, yeah, that conversation comes later when the person you are seeing actually gets a taste of whatever you're dealing with so they can agree with you, not just straight out of the bat. Like, oh yeah, she's 
she's a dumb, you know what? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely that's not a good conversation to have someone with, with that you just met, you know? Yeah, like go, like ease into that. And absolutely, there are ways that you can discuss a crappy ex, um, that are more productive than just telling me she's a dumb bitch <laughs> right or, or or vice versa like i don't i do not speak poorly of my ex if somebody asks me what happens i will be honest and i will tell the truth about what happened in my marriage do i think that my ex husband is a bad human no i don't and i genuinely when i when i stood up there and vowed to honor and respect him it did not end when I got a divorce from him but I'm also going to call you on your shit and that's going to be between me and you I'm not going to air that except on a podcast I guess (laughs) to everyone else but but I my my ex-husband is not a bad person and he did shitty things to me and that is life, but I will not talk shit about him. I just think that's that just gets super old and boring and like okay, cool, we weren't we were not the right people for each other and that's okay. So now do you still I don't have, have to spend any, the rest of my life talking shit about you. Yeah, do you still have any sort of relationship with your ex husband? No. See we don't and talk. I think sure. And I think that could be the difference where as maybe someone who had children yep. with with their ex and Absolutely. they are in a situation where they, you know, now they're seeing only the negative side of the, each person because they can't get along already, but they're stuck having to have some form of relationship because of the children. Right. And it just, you know, it just gets worse and worse did, as time gets goes on. Did you have kids with your ex-wife? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. And you have like a million kids. <laughs> you have, I have seven? I have, How four, many kids you have four biological and three stepchildren. Okay. Yeah, I was right. Seven. Seven. Okay. Yes. So, yes, I do think obviously that adds like stuff. This is going to be a really long podcast. That's um, okay. uh, obviously, kids have added a level of challenge i guess to a divorce but i think that is even more of a reason to put it aside put your ego aside because how you treat your ex-spouse the mother of your kids is going to teach them what they what they are going to look for in a partner right So whatever you decide is acceptable to treat someone that you used to love, they're going to see that and they're going to mimic that. That's what they do. So if you're, if you're a woman that's getting fucking punched and yelled at and abused and you're a doormat and that, that's what your kids sees as acceptable for and and a normal thing so if we can minimize like that kind of crap and just even i get it like 
I, I, I only have a dog. And if my ex-husband tried to fuck with my dog and like take my dog, I'd want to kill him. It would, it would have been a fight, but so, and so I can't, I like, I only can relate to this in such a small way because I'm not a parent and I'm not, I'm not trying to say like a dog is the same as having kids, but I can understand why people get hyper emotional and they want to fight for something they created and it's really hard. But at the end of the day, like your kid sees what you're doing and they will mimic that behavior when they look for partners. So if you can do anything for your kids, be be a good partner, obviously, like, but if, if it doesn't work out and you're divorced, be a good ex-partner and put them first because it's not easy for them either. Well, I think it takes two, you know what I mean? Like, just like it did to have the kids, like you can't have one that's completely cooperative and the other completely still taking advantage of you or not communicating with you and not, I guess, being fair with you because if you're trying to do it all and it's, it's not a one way street, it'll never work because then all of a sudden you're in a situation where you're giving in to this person, probably just like you did in the marriage or the relationship, you know, and it's just, it's the kids will see that as well, whether it be the ex-husband or the ex-wife. And if they look, if you let your ex walk all over you and take control of every situation, then in the end, it's going to, it's going to be a fail for not only you, but your children, you know, it's, it's, it's really complicated. It's, it's a lot. And right. And I guess if like, I mean, I don't know, I guess I could ask you, and I don't know how your marriage, your first marriage ended and if it was like amicable or if it totally sucked. But even if somebody isn't going, like, even if somebody isn't going to tango with you, like, you have to figure it out. And sometimes like being the bigger person is what you have to do for a long time and not giving the reaction is I guess my advice but I get I mean you can speak to that you probably went through a lot of that so what advice would you give somebody if they're not like willing to budge on the other end well I guess it depends on if there's children or if there's not children I think if there's no children involved and the other person is not willing to negotiate at all on whether it be belongings or anything of that sort, whatever else can come along, the dogs or whatever, I think at some point you just have to say, you know what, it's stuff. I can't stuff deal is with stuff. Exactly. I can't deal with it anymore. I'll get new stuff. Just take what you want. I'm moving on. And now it's a little bit more complicated when there's children. Yeah. I think the best thing you can do is try. And then if it's just no matter what you do, not going to work out. Don't necessarily have 
a relationship with that person, but just deal with that person when it comes to the children, whether it be a doctor appointment, school conferences, sports, something like that. But other than that, you know, just do you let them do them. You know what I mean? I mean, that's honestly the best thing. If, if you just keep fighting and, and, you know, honestly, when you get divorced, it's all of a sudden, at least in most cases, you see the worst of the other person because you're no longer in love with that person. You no longer have any feelings for them. So all you're going to see is the negative side of them and it's going to make you yeah dislike them even more. And I'm not saying in all cases, but in, in a lot yeah, of cases, I didn't that have is what that. it is. <laughs> I did True. not have that experience. Mine was more like, like, yeah, we both like knew, I mean, uh, backstory. I, I, was cheated on massively in my in my marriage and we tried to work on a lot of it and it just never like we just weren't the right people like for each other um but it didn't make it like it wasn't like oh yeah I don't love you I did love him still and had we had we were good friends too like that that person was hilarious and I loved that about him he was a really hard worker he's incredibly smart he challenged me he made me better he helped me with a lot of things um but I'm also just not gonna like watch somebody not be faithful to me despite all the good things so getting a divorce was not an easy thing for me um, I left the house that we had built together and I moved back in with my parents. I literally took my dog and went to my parents' house and figured everything out later. Um, but I also knew that like when I set my mind to something, like we both knew we were done and that's okay to, mm-hmm. to have that, I guess, reaction. Um, but I also argued with him for like eight years for free. And I knew that like when I was going through that divorce process that I was paying an insane amount of money for a lawyer. So I was no longer going to argue with you for free. Like, so you can talk, you, I'm not, I removed myself completely from, from the interactions, the conversations with him. I also didn't have to, deal with kids so I I do get that like when you have a kid you're probably going to interact a lot more Mm -hmm. you know if something happens you obviously it's different but for me I was paying a lawyer anyways so I don't need to argue with you anymore like there's nothing to argue about or like besides just like legally and that's not even up to me that's up to the state so I think that I don't know where I was going with that, but um, other than just like you don't have to be a dick when you're going through a divorce or even on a second date, like you don't owe anybody shit besides just like, I don't know, being a decent human. Yeah. And even if somebody's not a decent human to you, you do not have to like fall suit. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Now, I want to... I know we, we've talked about this topic a lot longer than I thought we would. I know. We should probably... <laughs> how long no, is no. this supposed to be? <laughs> no, it's okay. It's totally fine. That's I, I like this. It's a natural conversation. But I wanted to... You know, I definitely wanted to talk about your TikTok a little bit. Mm. And I just wanted to have you explain to the listeners what your TikTok is about and what you do on your TikTok. <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. Um, I started TikTok before it was cool. It used to be called Musical.ly. Musical.ly. And were you a Musical.ly person? No, I wasn't. And honestly, I wasn't even a TikTok person at first. I, yeah, I, w- I wasn't a music. I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then <laughs> I had like one video go not even. I mean, it it was considered like viral back in Musical.ly days, which was, I don't know, 20,000 views. Like now that's like nothing. You know, people are getting millions like. I've never had anything do that since, but I also don't do a lot anymore on TikTok as far as content goes. Um, but I usually get most of my follows or my attention just from going on live and dealing with jerks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's how you found me and... I don't care. Like, I really, I genuinely don't care what people think about me online when they have like three followers and a Fred Flintstone picture as their profile picture and they're commenting on my weight. Like, come back and talk to me when you, when you put yourself out there. Um, because you won't ever do that. Like it's it's anonymous for the most part. Um, I also get a lot of like I mean, ninety that's what's sad is like ninety percent of like people on the platform are actually very nice and I've made obviously a lot of good friends. I truly have from the platform, but that is not where you get your attention. You get right. your attention from the shit that I think that's across the board just in real life and online kind of the same thing as dating there's a lot of um yeah there's a lot of like the same online and in real life um but yeah my my tiktok is not that exciting i mean i'm probably one of the people that you interview that has less content um, and a bigger following just because people see what I do as far as Your you do lives. not have to put up with bullshit. Like you just don't. So, yeah. and that's where you caught my interest, honestly, Yeah, was your live because I sat in there and I was watching and anybody that had a negative comment, you put them in their place really quick. You know, you always have really cool music, which I'm witty to us. It's cool music because this is music that we because we're all up with, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> early 2000s music, you know, mm-hmm. to mid 2000s. But like 
I don't necessarily feel like that's that long ago, so it can't be considered old school, I don't think. I personally yeah. don't think. But I will get sad when it gets involved in elevators. It well, if you can <laughs> if you're listening to music and that particular band or person is still touring, I don't necessarily consider it. Oh, old we're school. safe. Yes. Blink okay. 182 is back on tour. You know, Good Charlotte's back on tour. We've got a solid f- four years. If not more. I mean. If, before we're. I mean, Journey still goes on tour, I think. So. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. And so does Paul your, McCartney. Your your theory might not uh, stand no, up. I, I guess I didn't think about that 100%. But most, <laughs> most bands that were from the 80s, 70s are not touring. I mean, there's a there's a few, but those are like legendary bands, or sure, you know what I mean. So, and, and I I think even just like our music is a good example of like how we consume media, and that it's that instant gratification. There's there's plenty of so like I mean I couldn't even name a new band now but i can name like oh yeah i like that song because you hear it on tiktok you know so we're we are consuming things in a way different way in this generation and it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just like a lot and you don't commit to anything you commit to that song and then you get tired of it in like three seconds and you don't even know the person that's saying it and you know like tiktok has changed who we are like as a as a culture like which like i said is not a bad thing but it is important because it changes how we do everything if you don't like somebody after five minutes by swipe left swipe right like we have this just constant flood of information and like stuff that we don't commit to yeah you just keep swiping it's i mean tiktok is generally what like 15 to 20 seconds and you're constantly processing stuff like that like all day well maybe it's yeah now they've really moved it up so like i think they allow up to 10 minute videos now yeah i'm not watching a 10 minute see and and that's not why i go to tiktok i don't want to watch your 10 minute video well it depends what the content is you know what i mean if i'm watching a very interesting police chase or okay true that's someone going through like a how or some like haunted hotel you know what i mean i'll watch a video that's 10 minutes about that but i'm not gonna watch a 10 minute video of someone doing their boy band dancing and like you know it, it, i think it just is based on what you enjoy and and you know i personally haven't seen a lot of 10 minute videos i have watched a few that were three minutes but to me when i'm enjoying it three minutes goes by really quick yeah and that's probably pretty rare that you get to Somebody that holds your attention for three minutes. Like, that's crazy. Like, think about that. Really, that's crazy. Right. That three minutes is rare. Yeah. And 
so our brains are starting to process things in that same way where it's like, if I do not immediately have a conversation with you that I find intriguing, I'll move on. Yeah. And I still think that 15 seconds is probably still the most popular setting for or video content mm-hmm. on TikTok. You know, I think more people are attracted to that. Well, get straight and- to the point thing, short video and. Right. Kind of to circle back, like back to dating, like people used to like write letters to like, we do not have that anymore. Like we, we have changed the way that we date and it's not ever going to be the, you know, romantic I mean, I think there are parts that can be, but it's not like you used to. We didn't have Tinder or Bumble or whatever. Like you used to have to take somebody like ask somebody out. And 90 percent of the time you were asking your dad if you could take her out first. You know, Mm -hmm. could you imagine like that now? It just isn't how it is. So we have to adapt to the the culture and we don't necessarily have to like always be okay with it or accept it. We can, we get to decide that's a beautiful thing. If, if women decided like actually having no tits is cool and just being who you are is cool. Guys would Guys would figure that out because if you don't like us, then you would adapt to that, right? Like you would right. figure it out. So women, I think, have a lot more power than they sometimes think. And I think we sell ourselves short. I'm guilty of that often. But if we decided today collectively that we were like yeah we're actually not gonna do the tinder thing anymore guess what guess what guys would have to start doing asking people like for real on dates like if we just all decided it's not happening anymore then guys would figure it out but we don't (laughs) we don't do that it goes further than that it goes to the point where children don't even go outside and play anymore you know they're all online and they're playing video games together or they're facetiming and there's no real face-to-face connection or mm-hmm. it, it's it's sad it really is i love technology don't get me wrong mm-hmm. i am a huge Obviously. techie yeah i love it all but when it comes to that when it comes to children i want kids to go out there and Learn to ride a bike, go skateboard, go hang out with friends and play some football. You know what I mean? Like be a kid, you know, you don't get to do that stuff when you're older, you know, and, and it's just, you know, I want them to enjoy everything while they can. Yeah. And I, and I think that, like I said at the beginning, like two hours ago when we started this, um, at the beginning, I said that COVID affects or has affected people in different ways. I mean that in that way too. Like I only experienced it from my own perspective, which was, I was, you know, 29 Mm -hmm. and I'd already graduated college. I 
got to experience high school sports, prom, you know, homecoming. I got to experience my childhood out of school, you know, interacting with people, you know, and I also don't know what it's like for my parents' generation, but I also don't know what it's like for my grandpa who was isolated, you know, like, so there's, there's chunks of these people, little people that are little kids that are going to have to grow up with three years of their life erased, basically like, ew. Yeah. Um, and especially those, like, I feel the worst for like high school seniors. That's supposed to be, that's what everyone talks about. Like, Oh my gosh, it's the best year of your life. And you can never get that back. So I think it will affect us forever. The, these generations that all experienced something crappy and they're going to have to figure that out. I guess I don't, I mean, I have zero advice. We're all, we're all learning together what is going to happen next. And half the time we're like, all right, we're going back into another lockdown. Like Oregon is very um, strict, (laughs) more strict than, than most other States, but uh, we've all been affected by it in some way and it's going to carry on and how we continue as a society and what th- like okay sorry I'm ranting I, I, I told you I was gonna rant but you're fine we we have relied more on technology and like figuring out ways to remain more isolated which is the biggest bummer for me like we can we have realized that we can do a lot of things just through the computer and we need we need like as humans we need that like interaction outside of even just this like it's sad well, we are the last generation to really know what it's like to not have the technology around, yep. if you think about it. And, I mean, in a way, that's kind of cool to think about. But in, at the same time, like, it's scary, like you were saying. But, at, you know, now it's at a point where our kids are going to look at it like, oh, when I was younger – you know, we could do this FaceTime. We didn't have the holograms <laughs> where we can actually <laughs> hug each other in different countries or whatever it is, you know. And I think this is just the beginning and it's only I walked up get... hill to, to school both ways in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> I had That's to actually be I had to actually our use headphones to play with someone online. <laughs> you know, that's gonna be them, you know. I you know, now you can virtually come and sit next to me on my couch and play this VR football and the metaverse and whatever it's scary. else. You know? I don't like that. Well, and, I but, really um, don't. That's what it's turning into. And I, I mean, no matter what we, we say or dislike about it, it's going to happen. And it's, it's right. just on the verge of that. And I mean, as much as I, I don't like it, but at the same time, I think it would be really cool to at least experience it in my lifetime. 
Like be able to put these I VR don't goggles want on. To. I don't want to. Well, I don't want to. <laughs> have you seen the movie um, Ready Player One? No. Well, if you have a chance, check out that movie. It is basically the metaverse. Uh, people are living in this virtual reality world, and you can you create yourself, so you can look however you want, you know, and and uh, you can go and you can gamble all your money away, like real money, at this like basically world sized Vegas. You can get married in this meta world. You can have sex in this metaverse, and you can go and play video like do like have a war and when you kill someone you take their money away their tokens away you can have races it's just a whole like it's basically the real world but in virtual reality and you should check it out it's absolutely amazing it's one of my favorite movies actually it's a okay. great movie see that yeah, check it out that is terrifying to me mm-hmm. it I is but it's cool in I'm some like ways it. like well and they even show like someone will go in and lose their entire life savings and then like basically want to commit suicide because they they blew it all you know what i mean and off of one fight or one bet or right, whatever but, the case but that's what happens in in real life right but it's so accessible is what i mean like this guy's doing it in his office while he's working in the real world but like placing un godly amounts of money oh like he's actually spending money oh yeah it's real money like it's oh. their actual life savings in this metaverse that's a very They're, dumb thing to do don't do that that's <laughs> do what that. i honestly think that's what this future holds like it's gonna be you're gonna be able to, i mean you can do that now on your phone you can download these, these apps where you actually have to put money in you could win money back but um most of the time you know let's be real you're not gonna win your money back and probably lose a lot more than you're going to win. Right, and I think I think that um is there's definitely something to be said about that, but I think the like human connection if you if we stop making that important as far as like like real people and you can just virtually you know, I I mean I do feel like that's where the world is going and you're going to lose the real human connection. And I think there, I mean, obviously there's something to be said about like, that's how we continue to populate the world. Maybe like actually interacting with each other. <laughs> well, and it's going to be a good way to, for the government to use population control as well. Because if you're not interacting face to face, you cannot Absolutely. have babies. We're already doing that. <laughs> like we're mm -hmm. already there. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, we can we can have a we can go on for hours. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah there there is a lot there, and yeah, I'm not like I am definitely not someone that's like a conspiracy theory. Right, I'm not like someone that believes the government is truly out to like destroy us right um i just think that i don't even think the government's doing this i think like we are sure because how much easier is it to like create a world that we want versus like working 
like actually putting an effort to do it, you know? Right. Cool. Go play a video game and pretend like, it, and it's becoming less and less pretend. It's becoming more and more real. Right. So we do it to ourselves. It's not like Bill Clinton or who the fuck blame it on Obama still. I don't know. (laughs) Well, yeah, definitely to end this, let's go see ready player one. I think you'll at least enjoy it. I will. Um, Yeah. So I have some lightning round questions. If you're cool with that. And I will pretend like I haven't heard these two other times. (laughs) (laughs) If you won the lotto, what would be your first purchase? I don't even remember what I said yesterday. I was going to say go on a vacation, I think, with my, take my mom somewhere cool. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere warm. (laughs) What's your biggest pet peeve? Pen clicking. Um, People that tell you to relax (laughs) (laughs) and not be dramatic. And... People that wear like extreme cutoff shirts. <laughs> like where it leaves like that much material on your yeah. shoulders? Like yeah. pick a side. <laughs> wear a shirt or don't. Wear a board. <laughs> That's funny. Never heard that one. That's great. <laughs> what do you want to be remembered for? I also don't rem- I'm glad we're doing this again. <laughs> I don't have any memory of my... Uh, previous answers i would like to be remembered for like being good as a human and like i don't know who doesn't want that i guess it's such a cheesy answer but it's not cheesy because there are some people that are selfish and don't feel that way i don't yeah i i think if i died tomorrow i i would hope that the people that know me knew that they were loved by me and genuinely like cared about. And I hope I taught them something or gave them something. Um, and yeah, like made them feel good about who they were in my life. Sure. Well, you're not going to die tomorrow, so relax, okay? Just <laughs> relax. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. That's and good. Then, see? <laughs> and then finally, who is your favorite TikTok creator? Um, I like anything that has to do with, like, puppies. I love, I love the girl who talks to Monty and it's not, I don't even think that's the dog's name, but she's like on Monty in the, the Friday worlds. And then her dad got in on it and it just makes me like every single video I will like it's, it never fails to the dog is an asshole. <laughs> like the dog literally like bites everybody and, she just is hilarious and she you don't really ever see her it's just amazing so cash and savvy keep doing what you're doing 
That's awesome. I'd never uh, seen any of their content. I'll have to check Go it out. Go follow. I I probably, I think I probably even mix them up. So the little chihuahua, you make my day. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know what? Even though this is the third time we've tried this, I wouldn't take it back. I really enjoyed talking to you. I think you are an amazing person and so much fun to talk with. So I appreciate Likewise. you. Likewise. And, and I appreciate thank you. Yes. And I appreciate you coming on the show multiple times to make this yeah, happen. Yeah. And, and I like that we like have completely different conversations every time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Every time. It's crazy. It's, it's awesome, though. It's awesome. Yes. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Uh, absolutely. I'm honored. Anytime. You can come back on six more times before we get a second episode <laughs> if you want to. That's fine. <laughs> That tracks. Right. All right. Well, you enjoy your night, and we will talk soon. Amazing. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Dick-talking, dick-talking, dick-talking with Kevin Hughes. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I told you Megs was pretty amazing. I wasn't lying. I never do. And it was so cool to hear her perspective on everything you know and i actually disagreed with her so we had a little you know back and forth but that's what makes this awesome because we both can have a say you know and it was a lot of fun and i cannot wait to talk to her again i hope you guys all enjoyed this as much as i did and as always you know i'm gonna have another fantastic guest for you right here on tiktoking next week so if i don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night Bye-bye now.